I feel like it would have been so cool if we were recording already. Yeah. So then it would have been like, yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, really casual, like, is it actually recording already? There we go. Really, Beth? Oh. Yay! <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Trusted Tech Talks. This week, we're joined by Kieran Sira, and she's the UX UI designer over at Padme. So this week, we're going to be focusing just about what it's like working at Padme as a UX designer and a little bit about how Kieran got into UX and about her journey so far. So firstly, thank you so much for joining us. I guess, can you just sort of give a little bit of an introduction, a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm uh, Kieran Sira. I'm one of the designers at Padme. Uh, We've got a team of 11 currently. A bit about my background, I've always been interested in arts and crafts like from a young age. Um, came out of sixth form with like graphic products, a GCSE and product design A-level. But that was like wood mm. making and yeah. uh, machinery. Really fun. Um, and then I fell into an apprenticeship, which was like a UX UI apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, I was learning on the job. And I was also uh, studying in the evenings. And that was with a proposition design consultancy. I mean, I I didn't really know that I wanted to do mobile work. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I just knew that I wanted to do something design. Yeah. And after getting into that apprenticeship, um, that's when I knew it was a passion and left that job and and then came here. But I'm definitely more interested in like the UX side of things. I mean, I love design as well, like how it looks as well, but it's all about the users really. Yeah, that's really good that actually like uh, it was the apprenticeship side because a lot of people say it's uni, it's uni where, or it's more of I fell into something once you leave uni. Like if you ask any recruiter, they never say, oh yeah, what is going to recruitment? It was always, we fell into recruitment. Yeah. Um, So I guess, how did you find out about the apprenticeship that, made you fall in love with the UX? Yeah, it was it was actually kind of by chance. Yeah. Um, so after six form, I took a gap year. That ended up being five. <laughs> As you do, travelling around the world. No, I was just working in hospitality, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then I was just searching, like, apprenticeships, found it on a website. I don't remember what website. But it was marketed as like a social media apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, did an application, went to the place, and then it was like a massive boot camp. Yeah. Of like interview skills. Um, here's a hypothetical brief. Join a team and like come up with uh the output. Yeah. And present it to like five people. And then we did speed dating, which was like actual, <laughs> yeah, it was actual like employers <laughs> coming in um and just seeing like who was really interesting and who they might want to recruit oh that was good yeah and I remember there was so this was obviously my old company but there was one of the creative directors like standing up and then after he he did a speech everyone was kind of um crowding around him that was interested in the position <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird but then after they actually um chose three people and then picked me after that so that's how I fell into it I knew I wanted to do design search for an apprenticeship and got it that's that's really good that I think as well it just shows us there's different routes into to tech yeah. as well I think a lot of the time we do have that misconception of oh you've got to go to uni and have a degree 
but actually no you can have five years out yeah do what you want to love travel work in hospitality yeah. do something different and yeah. then go into it and you're ready so I think that's actually really interesting mm. into it really and if anyone's listening and thinks that's them then definitely just keep looking yeah there's a lot of businesses that are especially in Manchester there's tech returners who do a lot of work for that into development and there's a lot of like development companies that will help and get people into tech we're starting to do that a bit more at Padme as well so we hire a lot of um graduates yeah interns as well in the development team but we're starting to do apprenticeships I believe it's in um, the product team. And yeah. then at some point it'll be the design team. And I'm a massive advocate for that. Like you don't need to go to uni and get like massive debt at the end of it. <laughs> but like <laughs> to add to that, you're you're learning as you as you go. And I think if you yeah. know that you're someone that um learns that way, like on the job, then yeah. it's probably for you. And I think that's a great approach for a Padme, especially as tech in the north is booming right now every company's coming up here and if anyone yeah. has always wanted to get into tech there's never been that opportunity then mm. that's a great way to go at it I guess while we're on the topic of a Padme um just for if anyone listening hasn't heard of them I guess can you just give us a bit of an overview of who a Padme are yeah sure Padme are a digital mobile first agency and what we do is we craft solutions that help clients move forward because obviously I mean, one quote that our CEO, Gary, always has is the only constant is change. Yeah. And we are constantly trying to learn about what's going on in the market, in the industry, and how clients can, like, have different solutions. Yeah. Across, like, machine learning. We're trying to look a bit more into, like, voice UI, how we can integrate this kind, these kind of uh, solutions into our products. Um, and we're always challenging ourselves to be better yeah having ownership of the um decisions we're making and we form like extensions of our client teams yeah so it's not like them and us it's more like (laughs) we are just one squad yeah um and that's kind of reflected across like nhs dominoes bbc co-op yeah so that's it I think that's what I liked about Padme when I first started working with you guys it's just I've used the apps so the products that you guys are creating is even people that aren't in tech are using consistently and I think that's that what I really liked and like Mm. when I speak to a lot of you know people look that for a Padme potentially that's the one thing they, they do like about it is because it's apps that people have actually used and they know what you guys do and what you guys create I think it's good now that a Padme's getting that reputation that they're the company yeah. creating these because I think if you wouldn't have known you would have thought Domino's yeah. built their own app maybe yeah <laughs> I think you summarized that really yeah. well like we do refer to ourselves as, as industry agnostic so we're not yeah. just focusing on like the financial industry yeah or like um the automotive industry it's it's like all different ones and one of the one of the apps that I have worked on like I've worked on it from idea to launch like yeah. in the app store um and that's by big big life group or people might know them better as big issue north oh yeah so that was like the first project I did uh like idea to launch and it's just it's so crazy to to just say like I did that I was speaking to a dev earlier and I was just showing him the app like oh how does a 
how does an article load when you tap yeah. on it and it was just so weird actually seeing it there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like oh I worked on that I designed that <laughs> that's crazy so I guess about about your journey then so you've been at Padme two and a half years yeah I think I read and you came from London to Manchester mm. I guess what was it about Padme that first attracted you um so it was the difference between working on a product that you're yeah. consistently improving and it's a product that's going to be launched in the app store at some point yeah um my previous role it was like the opposite end of that yeah we'd be working on like conceptual stuff there were no developers and then it would just get sent off to a development agency yeah but the thing that attracted me to a Padme is being able to work on those products like to the end and yeah. you build that client relationship um, throughout the whole project. And on top of that, you're like considered, you're, you're considered the design expert for yeah. that project and clients really value that. Um, and it's the pro- project teams as well, like how tight knit they are. The processes that we have, I mean, I've been here for two and a half years now, but the processes that we have, we're like constantly trying to improve them. Not to say that, you know, they were really bad, but it's just to say that we we are transparent and we just want to get better and better for it to be a a brilliant place to work. Yeah, that's it. Like the company from two and a half years ago, obviously they're a great company, done a lot, but like even Mm. in the last year, how much have had me have grown? They have grown so much. Like <laughs> it, it, it's a good point. And like during COVID, I, I, I didn't know that we'd be able to recruit that many people. But obviously, yeah. we were set up to, um, we were already set up to work from home. Yeah. So we had the technology, we had the equipment, and the great thing about um, just a Padme as a whole is the trust. Yeah. Um. But before kind of that the pandemic and everything happened um Gary our CEO he ended up making a decision to say we're going to start working from home yeah and that was a week before anything even happened from the government yeah so you know the only constant is change and we've adapted like very quickly yeah that's it I think a lot of companies got caught being reactive in that scenario Mm. which is when they were playing catch up and struggled initially but I think you guys were obviously very proactive in that yeah I'd also like to add like from my perspective something that they did really well is look after everyone's mental health yeah they hired a mindfulness and meditation coach um and it was to navigate like the uncertainty and the worry and yeah they they did a really good job yeah it's mad to think that that was two years ago crazy isn't it how quick that's been I know so you would have been here like what only six months when that kicked off yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like when you think about how do you think you've grown in that two years from when covid first hit remote working and getting used to not being around people and not learning off people around you as much to now where you are do you think that's actually developed you a bit more good question yeah so I feel like I have developed massively yeah uh, both in my career and in myself yeah um so the reasons for that are we had more communication going on so we had like 
daily catch-ups where we would just speak about rubbish (laughs) in the morning because we know that we needed to um, connect everyone together. Yeah. Um, In terms of like going, just going back to that mental health aspect and the social kind of culture here at Apadme, Gary, our our CEO, he would organize kind of (laughs) sessions where you have cocktail making or like pizza making or you get a, a tour of like Machu Picchu. Yeah. It was really cool. So <laughs> yeah, going back to like then the career aspect, um, with my team lead, I'd have multiple mm-hmm. uh, like mon- monthly catch-ups. Since I've joined, I've always had a tailored development plan. Yeah. Based on what I want to work on. Um, and then I think it was only towards the end of last year I was able to like work closely with my team leader yeah and identify like areas of improvement uh and then out of that um create like these techniques yeah that I can use going forward that's it's good made me much more like confident um yeah I and to have that time of like your manager and your team leader mm. investing in you and it's like these kind of six week improvement sprints, if you like. Yeah. And they're kind of open to everyone in our design team. Um, I've developed massively. Yeah. Anyone that wants to join, I'd say don't, <laughs> don't even hesitate. It's hard to put a finger on the growth aspect of it. Like I'm the same when I think back to where I was two years ago to where I am now. It feels like it's been five years. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I feel like I've aged five years. <laughs> yeah, haven't we all? <laughs> Even though it's only been two years. Yeah, um, because of that growth. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's been, because it, it probably COVID made it a lot quicker because you had mm. to. You had to adapt. You had to just kind of get on with it. And mm. I think, obviously, if you were like furloughed in that situation, you kind mm. of had to just get yourself through it and, and I found that I was missing out on the sun at the time because if you remember that first lockdown it was absolutely yeah. gorgeous weather was. everyone was out and yeah you kind of envied a little bit those oh, yeah. on furlough didn't you definitely <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be inside it's like everyone's outside with the beer and the hot tubs yeah. that everyone was buying and you're there yeah. just on a computer like yeah oh, I wish I was furloughed <laughs> right now yeah. yeah I was one of those as well <laughs> saying that though like I mean we have the office here yeah. and it's like in the heart of media city yeah. so what's what's great is like coming out of the pandemic um well not even coming out of it kind of I think it was last year we introduced like a hybrid way of working yeah where you know you can either work in the office or at home and like there's so many bars over there and <laughs> green space yeah. to just go out and catch some sun yeah especially a day like today I guess then with like from a Padme in internal, obviously coming back into the office, I know culture is a, a huge important part of who a Padme is. Mm-hmm. I guess if you had to summarize to anyone listening what the culture is like, I guess how would you describe it? Um, everyone's really approachable. Yeah. They're fun. Um, and when I say approachable, I mean like from the CEO right down to like the interns everyone is viewed as the same yeah and I feel like that's really important at any business um everyone's really energetic as well like if I think about culture also from a social aspect we have a lot of different things going on but the events are very inclusive so um 
like we have jigsaws in the office um which is which is a new thing but we have that autonomy to to have ownership of our culture yeah because obviously the people make it so um it's it's yeah it's it's a really special culture like yeah um, it's hard because even just being in the office you can feel it like a like we did a walk around before and we saw on the wall like national pie week and like um, <laughs> you see things all over social media like the happy burger day and and stuff like that which I think says a lot if a company wants to invest I know like the silly days and it's wacky but even just giving back to employees and go hey here's a free burger on us today yeah here's a free pie yeah and it, it gets people in the office yeah though. like we had something going on for pancake day as well yeah we have a board game night twice a week as well and I think it's also been organized to go to Berry Arcade Club so yeah it's, it's so nice to have yeah that kind of connection back people in the office and yeah and what's what's great is you have that opportunity to to meet new people because obviously yeah. you've been hiring but it's like we've not met them yet yeah that that's it it's mm. um when you've known people for two years but the first time you're seeing them it's like we were saying before like do you know what you're expecting them to are they shorter are they taller and it's like oh you're not what I expected <laughs> <laughs> it breaks that kind yeah. of barrier a little bit as well. yeah I guess like <laughs> with Academy then because obviously the products in the UX team what's it like as an environment is it are you quite competitive especially on these board nights like do teams compete against each other in these um oh that's a that's a good question I can't say we compete against each other no I guess there's more that sense of like unity the only time I (laughs) competition if I'm thinking back to like the other socials and stuff I think some people are competitive with the board games because obviously it depends what <laughs> game you're playing. 100%. But we've also, like, we were playing beer pong at one point as well. <laughs> and people were very competitive. Um, and there's, like, Nerf gun wars that go on. But we don't really have, um, like, challenges with with teams or anything. So I suppose then with the culture and Apadme as a business then, mm. I guess if you've had, if you can describe your journey so far, in three words what three words would you would you describe it as personal and career growth exciting yeah varied yeah and I'm glad you said that's last point because I think one of the things we do get from people who don't really understand the agency world of how it works and kind of the benefits of it because a lot of people like oh no I want to go in house and work for Mm. the one company I guess what would you say to people like that about why you should want to join an environment like a Padme yeah um so I I haven't ever worked in house so I, I can only provide a perspective on yeah working in an agency where you have different clients to work with um work with us if you like variety and if you like new challenges that's the main point of it I think people get the misconception of if you work in an agency with multiple clients it's more work it's Mm. more pressure that's what we get pushed back a lot I guess from your side do you feel that that would be that's the right perspective or do you think it's completely different um I think it's different for for every agency it depends on the work that's being done when I look at a Padme, every client is different. Yeah. 
every client is different in terms of um the budget they have yeah um the piece of work they want done the the time constraints they have or may not have so I, I think that's quite a big misconception yeah you're not necessarily um always pressured um always time constrained and like the project that I'm working on now I have a lot of autonomy yeah to improve the app and and the design system and just the way we are working and how we're collaborating with the devs as yeah. well so I I don't really feel like that is like a true representation yeah um it also depends on like when we kick off with clients you know yeah. we have that project plan we have phases um already kind of structured so and we work in sprints so they are like t- normally fortnightly um releases yeah. where you um produce like an increment of of usable work and during that time that's when you allocate certain tasks that can be done yeah so it's time boxed and you don't bring in more work if you can't do more work it should always be a set amount of story points if you like (laughs) in terms of like to bring it more ux related and bring it to kind of to you and kind of your day-to-day i guess what is your typical day-to-day like uh so I think I'll focus on like if I'm in the office because I'm in the office three days a week um so I walk to the office and it's a really lovely walk (laughs) (laughs) only 15 minutes like if you're (laughs) if you're local that that's great but obviously Manchester's quite small Mm -hmm. so um and as soon as I'm in the office like I see loads of people they say hi to me I say hi to them um you collaborate with the product owner and there's always ever like one on every project with the task that you need to do for the day, or you already know the task that you need to do because you've got that clear um, like sprint plan, like what yeah. needs to be signed off, what needs to be worked on. Um, and, you know, I produce some design work, speak to a dev and speak to my, um, so it's like a designer and senior designer yeah. on the project that I'm on at the moment. And me and him would, um, just jump on a call and say, hey, like, what do you think of this? And it's just really easy to do that. Um, constant iteration, really. Um, we have a really nice lunch area as well. Yeah. Um, we've recently just got a new coffee machine, which I think is great, but I'm happy with instant coffee as well. <laughs> um, but it's a great luxury. Um, and just being in the office, like you have views all around the office. Yeah. And I've always said to people, like, I could stare at the views forever. Yeah, it's so relaxing. <laughs> like, I'd, even I would love to work here just for the views. <laughs> yeah. It's a good creative break. Like yeah. you have that, like, I don't know, 45 minutes of working and then you just stare at the hills and, you know, it's also good for your eyes. But you can see Manchester skyline. You can see, I think it's the Warrington power station yeah. and the um, Rivington Pike as well. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, it's a nice environment. You walk in yeah. and you don't feel stressed. That's what I noticed. You walk in and you instantly feel yeah. relaxed just because of how nice the office is laid out and yeah. the views. I guess, 
how does that like link to the progression? Because I know one thing that I've had me is very big on is like we've already covered development and bringing fresh new talent and getting them upskilled and promoting and all that jazz. I guess how does the progression look like for you and the UX team specifically? So um, the the progression is very clear. We we have an option. So um, like UX, UI designers yeah. and senior designers have an option to either progress into a, a senior role where they can be consistently contributing, yeah. like consistently designing stuff um, and improving their skills, or they become uh, more focused on managerial duties where yeah. they might be leading a team. So... And you can at, at one point like switch if you wanted like to try out the other one because maybe this one wasn't right for you. So it's very clear. And one thing that is really useful is um, a role capability matrix that we've got. Yeah. You can see um, how you need, how at that stage you're expected to um, like kind of behave, like the kind of behaviors you're doing. Yeah. The impact you're making, the awareness you have and the key kind of areas the focus so what do you need to be focusing on at this stage to move up to the next one yeah and it's it's very clear and that's used in like pd personal development plan meetings yeah a personal development plan if two parties are like dedicated yeah it is quite easy and um it's a good way of nurturing someone and building up their skills yeah. that's uh, beneficial to the person but also to a padme yeah like we were given like the tools that we needed to have a good home office um which is which is really great but at home I have like my goals on yeah. the door they're right in, like they're to my left so as long as you can see it yeah you're constantly kind of striving I guess then to start just summarising a few things then, um, it's amazing how time flies. Mm. Um, what's your favourite thing about Padme? Thing? Yeah. Like one thing. Like okay. your most favourite thing. <laughs> I'll have two, uh, just two. Okay, I would have to say it's the people. Yeah. It's definitely the people because obviously if they weren't here, <laughs> like they wouldn't be a company and it's all well and good having clients. Um but you need the people to to be able to work with clients. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just they're so down to earth. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, they're just great people. <laughs> they're just great people. Good. What's your biggest success since you've joined Apadme? It's definitely working on um, launching the app Street News, which is the big issue north one I referenced earlier. Um, it's basically a, a news app that um, raises awareness of marginalized um, street newspapers that aren't actually in the news today yeah. or the, the mainstream media so that's definitely the biggest accomplishment yeah. I'm really so proud of that sounds like it, it's a sort of project gives back to the community as well isn't it yeah so it has that sort of responsible responsibility yeah which yeah, is good definitely I remember as a kid whenever you went into like a market or a shopping place mm. there's always someone stood with yeah. a 
a big issue yeah. magazine. Yeah. So I remember them straight away. So I think anyone listening in the north will probably yeah. <laughs> have know memories. About will know about yeah. it. Um, it was quite interesting as well because obviously they came to us during the pandemic because yeah. the vendors on the streets they couldn't work. Yeah. Um. So they needed a digital solution. We were able to make it happen for them. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that's happened in the last few years is every company's like needed to improve their digital footprint. They needed to massively improve their presence and Mm -hmm. e-com businesses have had to improve their experiences. So if anything, the pandemic has probably been a positive for some businesses because in that way it's allowed them to grow and do different avenues that they probably never thought of before. Definitely. Do you think think the pandemic has helped Apadme grow to how it is now? I think it's probably accelerated so, uh, yeah definitely in terms of the people we're hiring in terms of the solutions we've had to look at if I look at it also from the way that the world is changing outside of the pandemic so like sustainability like your carbon footprint yeah the price of petrol etc um we need to be considering that kind of that kind of aspect in our um, digital solutions. Like, because if a client comes to us and they want to be more sustainable and help the planet, these are these are things that we already kind of need to be researching yeah. and aware of. Yeah, because if if you're not, someone else is going to be, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so exactly. it's good to keep you on the forefront of looking at everything new. Yeah, we're kind of doing it a bit already. So. Yeah exciting tbc on that one (laughs) um i guess like if you look at the last sort of two and a half years what do you think your key learn has been within your role as in within ux and design my key learning is that my design doesn't define me yeah and by that i mean um if i share my my design that i've done like whether it's wireframes or if it's visual design and i get feedback on that that improves the design yeah maybe it wasn't the feedback I was hoping for but I was hoping for positive feedback now this is this is me like over a year ago now yeah <laughs> so I'm like give me all the negative feedback you can <laughs> you can throw at me yeah um but it's that your design doesn't define you if if someone's giving you negative feedback on it it's to improve the product and yeah. it doesn't say a thing about you as a person um because everyone's constantly learning and we all we don't all know everything yeah either. you can't be perfect 100 <laughs> of the time either so you might have done something on an, an off day mm-hmm. where you know at the time you thought that was the best you could do but then looking back oh yeah that's actually right and I think that again mm-hmm. I, I relate to that so much I think a year and a half ago if I got negative feedback from a client I'd be like oh no like they're never gonna work with me again like that's not great. <laughs> panicking but actually now a year and a half later it's actually going perfect like what can I do to improve how else can we do it can we put a new process in like mm. can I come on site like there's just so many now different avenues where you take that personal element out of it and it's no they're not they don't like me as an individual mm. it's just the service just hasn't been as good as it usually is and we need to improve it from my side and then obviously from your side it's yeah but what about this on the design could it make it even better and I think that's that diversity of teams it allows that to happen sometimes yeah it's just that own personal accountability where you don't blame yourself yes yes that's (laughs) that's definitely what it is and it's all about you know you when you get feedback it's feedback on the design like you're not married to the design (laughs) (laughs) but 
um, another thing I've learned is sharing your work early yeah. with users, with um, peer designers. Yeah. Collaboration only makes makes things better. Yeah, 100%. Mm. It's the best way because, like you said, you get different people's inputs and different people's ideas, and that's yeah. when the best ideas come from it. Yeah. Is a pad very collaborative in that way? Do you get lots of individuals in on ideas? Yeah, so, I mean, in our design team, we've got 11 of us and we're all working on different projects. So there are Thursday sessions that we have now um, and these have been running for a while, but we, it's not necessarily coming up with ideas in this in this sense, but it's more just jumping on a call or getting into the office on Thursdays and like just speaking about cool trends. Yeah. And, that kind of thing um in terms of the idea side of things we do like loads of myro sessions I've been on this like constant project so yeah we do have like these idea sessions where we're trying to like figure out how is this feature going to be able to work what can yeah. we do that's in scope for v1 we don't want to throw everything in um and then I'd mock up like um a flow or like a layout that it could work like this or it could work like this and what are the pros and cons of each and then we kind of jump on a call yeah. and discuss it and that's when it works really well um and the benefit of having like two designers on a project if it's possible is having that to and fro of hey what do you think about this yeah. oh no it doesn't it needs a bit more like visual focus or it's great having that in yeah. terms of like two designers on a project so that's what I find valuable right now yeah it makes sense as well because two brains about the mom right so it makes more sense if you've got the yeah. if you've got the manpower to be able to do that and which I think a lot of businesses are increasing their UX presence and their UX teams for that reason yeah you also get the increase of user researcher teams so the, like you said I go into the user straight away to actually find out what it is that they need to do that mm. that's making UX so much more important for businesses and so much more valuable yeah so we're kind of only scratching the surface I feel in the northwest for UX at the minute there's still so much the whole tech as a whole can do yeah for anyone like yourself who might want to be getting into UX or have done it for a year done a bit of graphic design might have gone to uni might not have gone to uni mm. I guess what's your key advice for someone who's just starting out in the UX world um so you might not know exactly what you want to do and you've just dived into UX and that's fine it's forever expanding so like take that big step and you never know where it might lead you yeah I I did the same and I can say that I've only I've loved everything I've learned and had exposure to but I've only recently just found like my core passion so so dive in like you never know where it might lead you the other piece of advice is and I was always given this advice, um, <laughs> but it's true. Um, no question is a silly question. Uh, I love that saying. Yeah. And it, I, I've learned that so much more throughout Academy because I used to get imposter syndrome quite a bit. Yeah. I still kind of get it. I think everyone gets, it. gets yeah, it. Yeah. At some point in their life, like, I probably had it when I walked into this room. <laughs> to record the podcast. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it's, you can see it as a good feeling and like if you just move past that and realize that you like not everyone knows everything and ask that silly question as well because you end up 
asking it for someone else too and you look at yourself and like oh wow I did, yeah. I did do that um I didn't maybe need to feel that yeah way. 100% and you feel a bit silly I think as well when you get to the when you kind of push through that pain barrier and you're in that growth mode and you look back at yourself I'm always like yeah god how pathetic did you sound just in myself and I'm just like why did you do that like Mm. you didn't need to feel that Mm. way but I think you learn from their experiences and the more you go through them experiences the better you handle them experiences yeah I guess how's a pad how does a pad me help in that way like do they do a lot of training and it's a support there when you do feel yeah it it really is um it's a good question because I've gone through like really tough times personally um nothing really to do with a pad but obviously like homeworking like you can feel really disconnected and stuff yeah so um we have we used to have like the Friday social sessions um and when we have, so now they move to a Monday, like the, the company meetings. But if people have their camera off quite a lot, then there are other people that pick up on it. Yeah. And they'll check in with them and say, hey, you okay? Like, we just want to check in on you. So that's really helpful. Um, and I mentioned earlier, there's like a mindfulness and meditation coach. And she's like one of the friends of one of the founders, which is a great contact. But they've really thought hard about employing her because like as I said that was one of the best decisions they've made yeah um throughout like working from home and there's definitely a lot of support in that sense like you're entitled to have like one a week once a week meetings with with the mindfulness coach to just chat about anything that's in your mind um and on on top of that we also have like a health um health and benefits package yeah where you have access to um more mental health support yeah um there's loads of stuff on there um we also have like walking clubs as well where you have like leaderboards and motivate you to just get out and walk even if you're like the last one on the leaderboard like and we also have like a social pets channel on slack and we were just talking about that today with the ceo um because that's another way of supporting everyone that's working from home like i guess just to kind of bring this to kind of summarize it and bring this to an end i guess if we came back in two years time where do you think an academy will be We'd probably be in a couple more countries, maybe yeah. two or three more countries. Like we've already got the Netherlands. Um, we probably have doubled the size. <laughs> Where do you think you will be in two years' time? Oh, well, I'm really keen to be like the accessibility expert in our design team. So yeah. I don't see myself being anywhere else other than a Padme really <laughs> in two years. Like I'm really still yeah. very happy here um the kind of leadership team they're very transparent about how they want to improve like we've also recently employed the head of people yeah. she just wants to make sure that everyone's skilled supported and happy in the work they're doing yeah um so it's all very positive from here
Thank you for listening, everyone, to this episode of Trusted Tech Talks podcast. If you like what you heard today about Padme and think this is definitely a place for you and you want to explore it further, please message me on LinkedIn and we can discuss all their live roles. Plus, make sure you don't miss out on any future or past episodes by following Trusted Tech Talks on LinkedIn, Spotify, and YouTube. 